Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. My name is Jens Heitland and welcome to the show. Today's show is another XYZ Playground edition where I meet with Joshua exploring how leaders of today can learn from leaders of tomorrow. Today's topic is identifying and engaging with young thinkers. Please welcome to the show with Joshua. Hello Joshua, how are you doing? Jens, it's good to see you. And I believe Europe has changed back to summertime, which means uh, no more daylight savings. Yes, I'm fairly tired in the mornings, I can tell you. Like my time is getting up at 4.30 or 5. And the last two days, I really struggled getting out of bed. Like, oh, that's just too early. <laughs> yeah, well, I experienced it firsthand. Where I am sitting in, in South Africa, I uh, scheduled uh, two meetings at 9 and one at 10 a.m. And Jens messaged me on uh, over the weekend saying, do you realize that you scheduled them both for 9 a.m.? And I didn't because my calendar didn't update to for the time difference, but uh, Jens's did. So, yeah, there's change about, but I'm sure you're looking forward to some of the warmer weather as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, today is getting plus 20, so it's almost it summer for us. <laughs> Yeah, we won't get into the, the centigrade here in South Africa because uh, you, we've had that discussion before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but today we said we will talk about identifying and engaging with young thinkers and how that all works. So if we just take this as an entrance, I mean, changes in the digital world and interacting in digital ways with young thinkers. How do you think what has changed over the last year and as well, how this needs to change going forward if you want to engage with young thinkers in your business. Yeah, and I think there's a large amount that has changed. And maybe to start off our thinking for this conversation is to say many people and young people in particular, and not saying that older generations haven't experienced this as well, but particularly young people in the last year have gone from completing their tertiary education, so finishing up varsity or university or diplomas, and gone into a work role where they've never met people in person inside of that space. So they've been remotely onboarded. They've never met the CEO. They've never had a beer or a drink together with their colleagues inside of that space. And I think that that's a massive shift that has happened globally in terms of how young thinkers are being brought into organizations. And it's definitely, there's more food for thought around how we can better do that because from an onboarding perspective, and we chatted about it last time in a conversation around engagement, but can you imagine, I certainly can't, in terms of moving from a tertiary education where there was a lot of change inside of that space, and then you were digitally onboarded into your first job, and yeah. you've never met anyone, and you've only met them over Zoom. 
And I think that that's definitely something that we need to be conscious of in terms of how young thinkers have been brought into the workspace, because that's going to impact the experience and the expectations that they have going forward of this world that they now call work. Yeah. I can't even imagine that from an onboarding process. It's like, I've heard it the other day from Ulrike. She told me as well that her husband started a new job and they onboarded him on video calls and everyone was switching off the camera. So he was the only person who had switched on the camera. So it's even more limited than that. But I think, I mean, the beauty of, of the digital world is that the young thinkers are already used to that, at least way more than a lot of experienced thinkers and have been used to that. That makes it maybe a little bit easier to get onboarded. But I think there's so much missing, like nonverbal communication and as well as like, this coffee chat moment where you learn more about people than just, hey, we're in an official meeting and we, yes, we maybe have a breakout room if you do it a little bit deeper or better, but it's, you don't have the possibility of, hey, I've heard you're doing this sport inside the introduction. I do this sport as well. Let's have a chat. It's very, very hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, the one thing is, and, and we've gravitated toward onboarding and it's quite interesting because you're talking about the initial interaction that you have inside this digital first world. Mm. And I think that that talks a lot about identification. So how are young thinkers being identified with when they join an organization and to just latch on to something that you said there aren't commonalities or common threads that people have and identify with one another when they have those water cooler or coffee chat moments. Mm. And I think that That's something that we need to just think a bit more clearly about from an identification in a digital first environment, because we're getting forced into having to deal with these changes and we're getting forced to onboard people digitally. But what does that look like in five to 10 years from now? Hmm. And how, as we reopen up in certain segments of the world, how is that going to change? And what are some of the considerations that we need to take as young thinkers coming into the, or those organizations? Because I think that they need to be tailored for young thinkers, but they also need to be tailored in terms of a longer term view and saying, if you missed a physical interaction or an opportunity when you joined an organization, how is that brought back into the experience mm. that you're going to create an engagement space for people going forward inside organizations? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's as well when you go then after the onboarding, let's say if you're not start if you, you're working already a year or two or or more years in an organization, that's the same way of thinking. How do you engage with if you think about hierarchy within different hierarchy levels and how as well for me, even more important, how can you as an executive in a business engage with young thinkers in different ways? And if we take out the digital and the pandemic perspective now. I think that's one of the biggest potentials you have in a business, which is utilizing the knowledge you have in your organization and really enabling everyone inside the business and helping to fix the problems you have and helping the business going forward. And I think that that's even more crucial to interact with the young thinkers going forward. Yeah. And maybe to build off that further and say, Engagement and interaction inside an organization is crucial for producing an environment where people can do their best work. Mm. And I think that these digital tools that we now live on can really play a role in terms of that. And one of the platforms that many of us may know is Slack. 
And I was in a clubhouse room last week and where it was announced by one of the Slack employees around the improvements that they're making to their platform. And it's in beta at the, at the moment. And Jens, you, you're probably familiar with these updates. But the mm-hmm. first update is that they're bringing in a clubhouse-like environment where it is more a combination of synchronous and asynchronous forms of communication. Mm-hmm. So essentially allowing employees that are on the same Slack channel to hop in and out of voice or audio discussion rooms inside of that space. And the second element that I found quite interesting is stories that they're bringing into Slack. And the reason I bring up it in this context is because I think we're talking about identification. And if we are wanting to identify with people inside organizations to enable them to do their best work, how are we communicating with them inside of that space? Mm. And I think that many executives might be hearing this and being like, shucks, I do not want to start communicating to my employees with Instagram stories or emojis and things like that. But it's an important consideration because you need to meet and understand the people where they are. And we can't keep doing things in the old ways because that's no longer going to enable people to do their best work going forward. Yeah. And it's even more important speaking the language. And the language can be, yes, truly different languages. And it's like German and English. But I think it's even more important speaking the language which you just touched on, is of the young thinkers. If you want to engage the young thinkers, you need to speak the language. And of course, they need to understand the language as well. So it's it's a mutual engagement. But what I've seen as well in my history is that if you come as young thinkers, you have almost no possibility to engage with like top management inside your business. So you can't learn the language. There are so many barriers and hurdles in between where you can't do that. And I guess the same from a top management perspective that because there is no engagement, they don't know how to talk to you. They don't know how to talk to young thinkers. So there are so many layers and watering things down that information is just not flowing in an organization. That's one of the biggest barriers that's enabling an organization to learn within. And then come external consultants come in and say, hey, we fixed that and we bring a new business model. We bring in a new communication strategy or whatever or a new tool and then everything will be fine but it's still they haven't worked on the key problem which is basically the the interaction between the different languages you're talking and that's one of the opportunities executives and young thinkers and everyone who is interacting with each other is learning and and start to listen to the language and trying to adapt it and really then speak together and that's in a digital context or in a physical context, so it doesn't really matter. It's, you need to be willing to engage with the other person to be able to do that. And I think, at least from my experiences, it's way easier to find young people to engage with an executive inside a business rather than the other way around. But I think that's also where we need to find new ways for executives to switch that way of thinking and looking into what can I learn? How can young thinkers in my business help me in my position in my job? our organization as such today. I think that's something we explore, of course. Mm. Yeah, and and just to maybe double click on two things there, Jens. So the first is about creating that space. And I think one, it's an enabling space. And I think that there's certain mindsets and a hesitancy for both young thinkers and executives to try and engage Mm -hmm. in that space because they don't want to get it wrong. And I think that that's something that we are looking to challenge in the mindsets and shift that we're pushing at the moment. The second element talks to 
how is it and what is it that is needed inside an organization to enable things and conversations to take place. And I think that I mentioned the first around the communication between, and you rightly put it, you know, talking the language of younger thinkers inside of that space. There's also younger thinkers need to identify and understand the type of language that they need to use in specific boardrooms and executive or management situations that they'll put inside and into because it's bi-directional communication. Communication isn't only one way. And I think a great way to think about that is in saying, when we think about education, we think about being taught something. And there's a drive at the moment to say, let's rather reframe education to talk about it as learning because it's a process that's in bi-directional inside of that space. And I think thinking about those two things can help you then create a better space where executives are willing to engage with young thinkers and young thinkers are also conscious of the space that they're being put into to help executives make those decisions. Yeah, and that's super crucial for both sides. I mean, the first step is really willing to do it and then the rest will come. But I think that's where some organizations still need a little bit of inspiration of saying, yeah, we are stuck and officially we talk to each other, but if you truly look under the hood, they're not doing it. So I think there's a little bit of inspiration needed from both sides to say, how do we start that off? What are different frameworks we can use? What are the best ways out there? What are the best tools to do it? Just to get the juices flowing into that direction. We have discussed a little bit about one framework. Can you explain a bit about that? Yeah, so it's quite interesting, you know, where this conversation is going because it's sort of coming back to what's enables people, what enables people to do the best work. And there's been a lot of talk in the last little while, and we've touched on it in some previous podcast episodes, but around psychology and mental health and happiness. And so the model that we've sort of wanted to chat about today, and it's something that we look to bring into the XYZ playground way of thinking, but it's called the PERMA model. And so the PERMA model represents the five core elements of happiness and well-being. And so just maybe quickly, they, so P stands for positive, E stands for emotion and engagement, R stands for relationships, M for meaning, and A for accomplishments. And I think that that's quite an interesting model to start thinking deeply about when you think about the space that you're wanting to create for these engagements, one, identifying with young thinkers, but also engaging with them inside of that model. Mm. And I think you know, taking that a step further and saying, well, how have we thought about applying that? And so starting with the P and saying around the positive space, we want to create a safe space. The E, we wanting to create an engagement space. So there needs to be a feeling of flow. The relationships, you know, we need, we're talking about deeper connections. We're not just talking about transactional relationships. Mm. The meaning is we actually creating leaders of tomorrow by creating that space where there's that bi-directional mentorship or relationship. And then the accomplishments is we're talking about thinking about new ways of thinking about value and achieving certain things. So in summary, new perspectives. And the reason we find the PERMA model so important and powerful inside of this space is because it's linking back to happiness and well-being. And if you think about, you know, there are those sayings that culture eats strategy for breakfast mm -hmm. and things like that. How can you create a space where people aren't able to do their best work? because people are arguably the most important asset of any organization. And I think that that's a rabbit hole that Jens and I could easily go down, but in the, just being conscious of time and, and saying in terms of wrapping up and saying the PERMA model offers us one example of how to create that engagement space or a space where that is safe to create engagements and identification with people. But it's not the only one. 
And I think, Jens, going back to something that, and I'll pass the mic back to you after this, but you mentioned that so often consultants can come into organizations and propose new things or ways of doing things, but have they actually listened to what is wrong inside the organization or are they forcing their constructs into that organization to fix the problems? Yeah, there are different ways how you can see it. I've been working in a consultancy, so I know that they're doing amazing work. So it's not always a bad and a negative thing. It's basically using frameworks they have built up over time, using the knowledge of what they have learned there and then helping the company to implement that. I think where I think this model is wrong and that's why I'm not using it, is it's not empowering. It's not empowering the organization to do it on their own. That takes longer. And and I've had a long discussion this morning around these topics because it's still a lot of organizations go to the big ones, to the big consultancy companies, because the name is credibility. And when they go with this plan or whatever they build up to the board, they get a tick in the box that they have used one of the expensive or accomplished consultancies to do that. If you would do this in a way of where it's about, hey, we built a framework and that can be in Paramount Model and others around that, where we empower the whole organization to interact and the culture of the organization will adapt towards a new future where engagement between all the different people is just naturally happening. That's way more powerful, but that takes longer time. And I think that's where the struggle is always if you need to go into a boardroom and and give a return and invest of what you're doing, that's harder to calculate. And I think that's where... I think a lot of companies need to go way more towards purpose and using purpose to drive the culture of the business and build a true company culture that enables engagement. But it sounds always nice and everyone who is listening to this will 100% agree. Or Let's say a lot of people will agree on that, but it's still not happening because of the constraints of how organizations are measured and how organizations are driven in the moment. And I think that's, the cultural aspect and specifically where young thinkers can support that is one of the most important tools to get as well the other part changed. So you need to have a couple of good examples of organizations who are willing to take the slower but long-term perspective and making it successful. And I think that will turn how the organization will be measured, the outcome of the organization, and as well young thinkers being willing to be attracted by that organization with the purpose they're driving. That's the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah, and and that definitely talks to the value that it's creating. And it's almost saying that the engagement that you are creating by unlocking those things is making the business more valuable, but also making the work that they provide more valuable. So the business, but when I say the business more valuable, it's making it a more valuable space to work. So you're going to attract and retain top talent from a young thinker's perspective. And then from the other side of the value coin is the work that the business provides externally is going to be far more valuable because the level of work that is being produced is just of that much higher standard. And I think maybe Jens, to build off what you're mentioning around engagement and sort of the consultancy model and things like that is sometimes inside of the space that we create when we engage with certain people is sometimes we don't listen necessarily properly to the way or the points that they're wanting to achieve because we come in with set objectives and there's certain points that need to be reported back on to the board or to the management levels and things like that. But how do we actually walk with them on that journey inside of that space and realize that 
different parts will require different skill sets. And if you can unlock that skill set inside of that company with them, the change that is then created or the transformation that is created is far more powerful longer term for that company and for that business. Yeah, that's what I like with what you guys come up with the playground framework, if we want to call it like that, which is the free space where you create the first engagement between different organizational elements or young thinkers and experienced thinkers. And that can happen inside an organization or it can happen between different organizations where there's a young thinker organization and an experienced organization. I think there are different ways where the same playground perspective will apply. And that's really a powerful tool in enabling the first engagements, which then rise from a perspective of business maturity as well going forward. If you just get started, and it can be a super small way where you say, we want to do this in one business unit. Let's have an understanding how this could work in more consulting terms. Let's build a proof of concept that it's working and, and try it in an experiment. And if it's working, we can see how this is unleashing other things in the business. But it's always the first step that's needed to try and be willing to open up towards that. I 100% agree with that. And it's it's that first step. And like I mentioned, organizations might not know how to connect with young thinkers and young thinkers might not know how to want or how to be able to connect with older, more established leaders, executives for the all-encompassing term inside an organization. And I think that the word experiment is something that we definitely agree on and are trying to push that mindset with others inside of this space is saying, and I've mentioned it before in different conversations on this podcast, how to create or how to connect with young thinkers. But we've created a space where that connection can be explored and experimented with. Because I think that's one of the most important things in navigating this world that we're in at the moment is it's very digitally orientated. And we are using digital tools to try and solve these problems by being or having forced to be physically distanced from one another. And I think that that's not going to change. And there are lots of lessons inside of that going forward. But to come back to where we started in terms of identifying and engaging with young thinkers, so I think that the importance of doing that for organizations going forward is firstly to bring people into the organization. How are they doing that? And what does that look like? The second element that I'm most curious about now is how is that going to change and what is the impact of this digital first engagement and interaction going to have over the five to 10 to 20 year period? Because young thinkers who have now finished varsity last year in 2020, all of a sudden they've been onboarded into their first job, sort of their first working role in a digital environment. They've never met people. They're struggling to build the relationships. It's a very transactional relationship that they're engaging in. What does that look like for organizational culture going forward? And I think that when I speak, you would agree with this, is we're encouraging people to take that step from an experimentation perspective. Let's get together and see what that looks like and see how then through collaboration, we can enable organizations to build their own engagement spaces going forward so that they can empower their thinkers inside of their organization. Yeah, and 100% agree. And I think that's one of the points where it's not about engaging someone external. It's about trying to find it out for yourself. And it's, yes, we have a framework for that and that will help you to do it maybe a little bit faster because we have experience with it. But it's for me, it's, it's more about the value of getting started. And as we always saying, prototyping our way forward is basically get started, try to engage and find ways of, that's working what's not working and then 
take it to the next level over time for every organization. Just doing that approach already will help to try and do things in a different way. And that will then as well show straight away the young thinkers. And we have seen it live as well with a client where a young thinker was brought into a meeting and the perception of that young thinker was directly changing the attitude of some of the leaders and as well the way of how they think about the young thinkers. And that was just one 30 minutes perspective. And if you just see the results of these smaller things, and I've seen more of that over the last years, if you engage in that way, just by starting, it, it will unleash a lot of things going forward. Yeah. And maybe, you know, conscious of time in terms of saying that, and maybe just putting a few threads together here and in closing and saying, so the first is obviously around creating that identification and how do you envisage that identification working? Because that informs the engagement mm. and the value that can be unlocked inside of an organization, both from internally and externally going forward. And I think one of the things to maybe wrap this up around is last night I was in a discussion with a, a platform called New Public, and they were talking about how local in the digital era means so much more than it did in the past. Mm. And we've discussed it before around different forms of engagement. And now if you think about engaging young thinkers, these digital platforms now offer young thinkers who are accustomed to using these tools much richer engagement opportunities to connect with employees at all levels inside of the organization. Mm. And I think that that's something for teams and executives to think about, but also for young thinkers to think about because they are the ones that are going to be driving some of these changes inside the organizations and suggesting those changes going forward. And I think that that engagement space that we're creating and that we're asking people to partake in would hopefully unlock much more value for businesses going forward if they just listen better. Yeah. Brilliant point to keep as a summary. So if you're listening to this or if you're watching this on YouTube or anywhere else, if you're interested in engaging with young thinkers, and you would like to learn more about that topics, reach out to us, reach out to Joshua or to myself. If you're a young thinker and you would like to dig more into this and understand how this ways of thinking can help you to grow and you to grow and develop into that space and being a young thinker that enables these changes, please reach out to us as well. Happy to get feedback, happy to listen to your thoughts. So please comment wherever you see this or listen to it and see you next time again. Thank you very much, Joshua. Well, it was a pleasure as usual and looking forward to next week. Thanks, Jens. Keep on. Hey, this is Jens again. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you have listened to, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episodes with your friends and people you think might like it too. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, please follow me on social media or look me up at jensheitland.com. Thank you very much and see you in the next episode.